Christmas. It can be such a stressful time for eating disorders, people with eating disorders, and also the families. And I know from experience that you can turn this around. You can turn Christmas into a success. I've already heard from people that followed my guide for Thanksgiving and planned around Thanksgiving and they reached out to me and said that was the best Thanksgiving that we've got through since I had my eating disorder onset. So I know that this planning works. I know that being proactive about making it a good day and not letting the eating disorder ruin it works. So let's do this. Let's have a really great year this year. You are listening to the Eating Disorders Recovery Podcast with me, Tabitha Farrar. Hiya, this is the um, Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast with me, Tabitha Farrar. And today I'm doing somewhat of a Christmas special, although it makes me feel kind of strange and sort of funny when I call it a Christmas special, because whenever I say that, I think of something like the Downton Abbey end of the year Christmas special or something like that. And this is slightly different, um, not all laughs or... or nice things to say but I hope this is going to be really helpful for a lot of people that are either struggling with an eating disorder themselves and wondering how the hell they're going to get through Christmas this year or living with a person or who is struggling with an eating disorder and sort of wondering the same thing eating disorders affect all of us I mean that's just it affects the entire family and the stress that the person who is suffering from the eating disorder feels at Christmas um, that affects the entire family as well. So the plan with this is to start planning ahead to try and make Christmas a little bit more enjoyable for everyone. Your eating disorder wants to ruin the Christmas holiday, that's for sure. So we're going to put a plan in place that will hopefully stop it from doing that. I published a blog on this um, earlier on in the week. I will link to that blog um, in this podcast as well. Before I get into it though, I actually just want to, talking about podcasts in general, so somebody whom I admire incredibly, a lady called Laura Collins, and the reason that I am a big fan girl of Laura's is because she is behind the website that helped me recover, Feast, and Feast is about family-based therapy and how parents can help their children recover from an eating disorder. And I've spoken about it many times, but the way that I recovered is I took all of the information on the Feast website, I read their forums, and I used what those parents were doing to help their children on myself. So I used the family-based therapy tools provided by Feast to get me to a full recovery. Um, And this is why I am always talking about using family-based therapy to help adults recover, because I know it works, it did it with me, and if you work with another person in the family, it's going to work for you as well. It can be very effective in getting you to that place of full recovery. But anyway, so Laura, she is now doing her own podcast, and um, it's called New Plates. I'm going to link to it in the show notes this episode, but it's going to be amazing. I know that, because everything that this woman has to say is so insightful about eating disorders. She's been in talking about eating disorders, helping people recover, help parents, help children recover for so many years now. She's a wealth of knowledge, and so I'm really excited about the podcast that she's bringing up. Okay, so back to Christmas. It seems early, doesn't it? I mean, Christmas is quite a while away, 
It's never too early to start planning for this, I promise you. So if you don't have an eating disorder, you might be thinking, well, Christmas is sort of like three weeks ago. I haven't even started shopping for it yet. Why do we need to think about eating disorder things for it? I promise you that the person who is suffering in your family, I promise you that that person is already thinking about Christmas, probably obsessing about the food that they're going to potentially have to eat, um, the family time, the um, not being able to be within their own schedule because eating disorders love routine and we like to do the same thing every day and um, holidays especially big holidays when family are all around and work isn't um, work stops those throw all of these routines out most people just love that it feels like a break for a person with an eating disorder that's absolute hell i mean for me i always remember the biggest stress for me around the christmas period was that the gym would close for three days. Yeah. I would start worrying about the gym closing for three days sometime mid-November. That's how bad it was. I was in England, remember, so we don't have Thanksgiving, so I didn't have that to worry about as well. But I had a severe problem with exercise. Exercise, obsessive exercise, is a symptom of an eating disorder. I didn't know that at the time. But all I knew was the worst part of Christmas for me was the fact that the gym was going to close for three days and I wouldn't be able to keep up with my normal gym routine. So whomever you are helping through an eating disorder, if you're not the sufferer yourself, that person's already thinking about this. They are already worrying about this. If you want to try and think of something that helps you under, maybe understand better what this feels like, um, imagine that in three weeks from now, you have scheduled some huge operation that you know you, it's a really big deal like a heart bypass or something big and scary and that is on your calendar three weeks from now that's sort of what Christmas used to feel like for me frankly there's just so much anxiety around it um, and so you, it's not like if you had that big operation you'd only start worrying about that operation the day before you'd be thinking about that at the back of your mind for a really long time and so that's why we need to start planning right now for the Christmas holiday which is in about three weeks so we can talk about lots of things. I mean, a lot of people who are suffering from eating disorders themselves talk about how they're going to recover. But what I prefer is action, action on how we're going to make this better this year. So we're not just talking about, oh, I'm going to try and eat more this year and I'm going to try and not be as anxious this year. And I'm going to try and not throw my mince pie back at my husband's face because he tried to make me eat it this year. We're actually going to start planning as to actionable things that you can do right now to make this Christmas better. So the first thing is to recognize that the stress is already here. Like I've just spoken about that. It's already here. So rather than ignoring it and pretending that it doesn't exist, we're going to need to recognize it. For a person with an eating disorder, what the eating disorder often does is like what I call these looping thoughts. It's like, it's, it's so annoying, actually. It's one single thought that seems to just loop like like a giphy in your head it, you know and thoughts are kind of like giphies that loop in that way you know you can imagine this really annoying giphy and it's just looping in your head the entire time and it won't go away it's so annoying um so my eating disorder started to do that around sort of the christmas dinner um around the fact that the gym would be closed and wouldn't be able to exercise and part of that giphy was always telling me you know you need to exercise more right now or you need to eat less right now to save up for christmas um really really difficult and that's all sort of to do with the anxiety and the stress that's present 
So what you should do when you recognize these, these looping thoughts is, is you need to recognize that anxiety and stress and you need to employ a coping mechanism to help you with that. And that ideally would be talking to someone else. So if you have an eating disorder check person, and in my recovery guides I refer to this, the eating disorder check person might be a partner or a spouse or even a parent or a really good family friend, preferably somebody that lives in your house, quite frankly. That is the person that you are relying on to help you that's in family-based therapy this would be the parent in family-based therapy for adults this is like the partner or spouse it's someone that you know wants you to get better this is the person that you want to talk to about these thoughts and just say hey i'm freaking out right now and when you externalize the eating disorder thoughts this amazing half thing happens most of the time when you say it out loud like with me if i say it out loud i usually start laughing because i'd just be like so ridiculous i can't believe i'm worrying about that um the truth is is that the eating disorder makes you worry about it it's not ridiculous that you're worrying about it because you have this mental illness that's making you do that but when you take it out when you say it out loud to someone else it externalizes it and it also helps that person sort of just talk to you and like the eating disorder check person's main aim is to support you through recovery so they can say all right so you're worrying about this what can we do to reduce this anxiety But all of that only comes if you recognize that the stress is there and you become willing to talk about it and externalize it. The second point to do with that is being very strong about not indulging in these thoughts. And this is so much easier said than done. If you have a mindfulness practice, then that's going to help you with this. I mean, when I say a mindfulness practice, I don't mean that you need to sit on a pillow on top of a mountain for three hours a day. I'm talking like three minutes mindfulness practice where you start the day, you do three minutes, long, slow, deep breathing, eyes closed, and then you visualize, you know, if you're eating to a meal plan, you visualize eating that meal plan, but just getting in the habit of taking that time out, calming the body down, and then visualizing something and sort of something that's going to help you overcome an eating disorder behavior. So that can be a mindfulness practice. It might last five minutes a day. But what I'm telling you is that if you have that practice, it will help you first of all, recognize the eating disorder thoughts. And second of all, shut them down because you're like, hey, that's an eating disorder thought. I don't need to talk. I don't need to indulge in that. I'm not going to get dragged into that conversation with my eating disorder because you know better. And so you can actually shut it down. So, you know, an example of this would be um, always with me a couple of weeks before Christmas, my eating disorder would like to chime in with thoughts sort of like, you should start exercising right now because you've got to prepare to all this food that you're going to eat at Christmas and the gyms are going to be closed. So you need to do like a million hours of exercise today rather than half a million hours of exercise today. And my reaction could either be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, freaking out. Okay, I need to do more exercise today. What time is the gym opening? What time is the gym closing? What time can I get into the gym? You can either go down that route or you can go, shut up, eating disorder. I am not indulging in that conversation. You are not the boss of me. And it sounds easy to do that. It does become easy once you begin to recognize those thoughts. And then it takes discipline not to indulge in them. You know, the, the whole point of the eating disorder creating those thoughts is to drag you into that argument. It takes some restraint not to do that. It's a bit like if you have a younger brother and he's like poking you all the time, being like, yeah, yeah, can't get annoyed. It takes some restraint sometimes not to turn around and get into an argument or whack him or something like that. But, you you know, it's just kind of like you have to learn to be very disciplined to be like, I am not indulging in eating disorder thoughts today. I'm not going to go down that route, not even thinking about it. One way to really shut those thoughts down that I found effective is whatever the eating disorder thought is telling me to do 
would be to be like, okay, I'm choosing to do the opposite right now. So kind of that sort of behavior. And then I felt a bit like, because it wasn't the, the eating disorder wasn't getting anything out of me. um, It was quite effective in sort of reducing those thoughts pretty quickly. The other thing that I did a lot of the time is if I noticed I was having a lot of obsessive eating disorder thoughts, my reaction to those thoughts would be just to eat something like eat a Rose's chocolate or a quality street or something like that, that just kind of was like, this is how I'm reacting to those thoughts. If you bring up those thoughts, I'm just going to eat chocolate, you know? And, and so you're doing the opposite of what the thoughts want you to do. And when you don't indulge in those thoughts, you start to create different neuro pathways. And the problem with those thoughts is like, if you do indulge in them, you're kind of creating those thought pathways and you're strengthening them. If you don't indulge in them, you are opening your brain up to create different neuro pathways. And it's very effective. And this is why mindfulness is really effective. And I'm going to do a whole podcast on mindfulness at some point. But those techniques, which are pretty much like thought diversion, thought control pretty much, um, very much help you with, with getting rid of those obsessive thoughts. So you got rid of the obsessive thought. What do you do now? You've got this empty brain space and it's like, oh my gosh, what should I think about? So I actually think that having things in in the plan to this is the stuff I'm going to think about rather than thinking about whatever my eating disorder wants me to think about can be effective. Um, so some ideas for that are sort of having a list on you that you've written out, which are all of the motivational reasons that you want to recover, what recovery means to you. Does recovery mean that you'll actually be able to sit down and enjoy a cup of tea and a biscuit and a chat with your husband rather than sitting down and enjoying a cup of tea and maybe nibbling the sides of a biscuit and then freaking out internally and then realizing after three seconds that you've been sitting down that your eating disorder wants you to move and then getting agitated because you're not moving yet and you know what I mean? So that could be a goal and that's a great goal. I can't tell you how wonderful it is to be able to sit down and just have a chat and a cup of tea and a biscuit with someone and not be freaking out about it. So whatever recovery means to you, it can be something really small like that, or it could be something quite huge, which is I want to finish this degree. And the reason I'm not finishing this degree right now is because I don't have the brain space to do it because my entire brain is taken up with mental illness, which is an eating disorder. So whatever recovery means to you, make a list of those things, write them down. Um, And when those eating the thoughts come in, shut down the thought and then look at that list and go through that list and think about that list instead. You could have a mantra prepared that repeats in your head that sort of pushes the eating disorder thoughts away. Um, other ones which are kind of completely external, you download a puzzle or like Sudoku or a crossword game on your phone and you know pull that out whenever you get those eating disorder distractions coming in and, and sort of get involved in that. Just distract yourself. It could be a book as well. Or you can, you know, like I have this online um, Slack group set up, which acts as a forum, you know, again on the forum. And this isn't very active recovery forum. This is not a pity party forum. This is not like, woe is me, I have an eating disorder sort of place. This is, I have an eating disorder. I am choosing not to have an eating disorder. I want it out my life. Someone help me do this. And we help each other do that, you know. So that is a place that if you want to join that, just email me. But, you know, if you're having those thoughts, that's a place you can go in and be like, hey, guys, I am really struggling with ED thoughts right now. Distract me. Tell me something else. Help me do something or give me a plan. Tell me something to do that's going to make this better. Um, And that can be really effective, too. Okay, so not thought related, but food related. Here's another thing that you have to do in the lead up to Christmas. You have to stick to the meal plan every darn day. 
Your eating disorder's already started sort of like freaking out about Christmas right now. And it's going to tell you, especially in say like the week leading up to Christmas, it's going to start telling you that you need to stop eating as much to sort of save calories or save up for the colossal feast that you're obviously going to eat on Christmas Day, which probably is a lie as well. But it's telling you that to make you freak out. You can't do that. You have to eat to your meal plan. If you're following the sort of meal plan that um, I, you know, I said it would be three meals and three snacks a day, every darn day. And that doesn't change just because it's the holiday season. It really doesn't. As far as your meal plan can, um, is concerned, this is not a special time. This is not a special holiday. You're going to eat those three meals and three snacks a day. You are not going to default on that. It's very important. As soon as you default on that, as soon as you skip a meal, you strengthen your eating disorder. You give it more power. Remember, when you go into a negative um, energy balance, the eating disorder strengthens. So if in the week leading up to Christmas, you start skipping meals and you strengthen your eating disorder, Christmas Day is going to be a nightmare because you've just empowered that beast and it's just going to be like out of control in your brain. However, if instead you strengthen yourself, the you part of your brain, by eating and continue to eat and saying, I'm in control of this and I want to eat my meal plan and nothing's going to stop me, then by the time Christmas Day comes around, you're going to be so much stronger. You're going to be um, much more able to stop any eating disorder thoughts. And there's going to be more of you there to just actually enjoy the day with your family. So um, something else I want to talk about, which is um, very different from, say, other holidays like Thanksgiving, is that um, Christmas, for some of us, and those of us that um, have problems with money spending at all, a um, very interesting sort of symptom here. I recognized it in myself at first. I mean, I was just so tight when I had an eating disorder. I couldn't even spend money on toilet roll. I've written about that. And then when I wrote about that, I got quite a lot of response from readers saying, oh my God, I same here. I used to be able to spend money before I got sick. And now spending money is almost as stressful for me as eating is. And I definitely found it was. And then I've had other people say, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with spending money as such, but I tend to binge spend and then not spend and then binge spend and then not spend. You know, can you see the, the correlations here? Can you see the similarities between money spending behaviors in some of us and our eating behaviors? Um, so there's got to be some sort of link there in, in the part of the brain that controls attitudes to being able to spend money. Um, I felt an incredible amount of fear at the thought of spending even the smallest amount of money. Even buying a Christmas card for someone would be way too difficult for me. Um, and funnily enough, actually, if it was a large purchase, like buying uh, my rent or, or something like that, I, w I was able to quite easily spend that. But smaller purchases like presents, very, very difficult. So the reason I'm talking about this is because if that is something that's causing stress for you, you need to recognize it. You need to be able to recognize it, talk about it, maybe sort of rationalize it. This is a very real thing. It's not just you that feels like this. This is something that many of us have felt. And so you need to recognize it and just understand, okay, all right, so I feel stress about spending money. What can I do about that? Um, so one thing that you can do, and, and I have done this before, it's, it's actually set a spending budget and be like, okay, I'm feeling really stressed about spending money. That is totally irrational for me to feel like that because I've got a good job, I have money to spend. It's absolutely stupid that I should feel 
stressed about sending money, spending money. But then I used to um, actually give myself a weekly spending budget, being like, you have to spend £100 on presents this week. Like, in the same way I would set myself a meal plan, being like, you have to eat these things this day, I'd actually set that budget, you have to spend this money to help me get over that, okay? Um, another thing that you can do, if, if really spending is a big stress for you, frankly, I think that that stress will go as your eating disorder goes. It absolutely has for me. I don't have any problem with spending money anymore. Um, but I think that stress will go when your eating disorder goes. If you just want to reduce your overall stress levels for this Christmas season so you've got more energy to spend on tackling mealtimes and actually eating, then my advice would be to craft presents because it costs a lot less. Um, it's also great because it acts as a distraction. So when your eating sort of kicks off, you can actually give yourself something to do, crafting presents. Um, it reduces the overall stress for you. Um, it's something you can do with other people. It can be quite social. Um, and also, friends and family love that. It's actually a lot of the time more special if you give a person something you've made rather than bought. So um, I do want to bring that up. I want you to um, understand that if you're feeling stressed around money, then... That's pretty normal for an eating disorder, in my mind. Um, and actually make a plan to reduce that stress somehow. And probably talk to your check person about that if you're feeling that stress. It can be a tricky one, can't it? Because it just makes you feel so damn tight and mean. It's not It's not you. This is the eating disorder that's making you feel that way. So as soon as you can externalize that, the better. Okay, so um, the last part here, and this is the first of a few um, podcasts I'm going to do on Christmas this year is something to just maybe start thinking about and talk to your partner about, maybe talk to your family about. You know, how about you just don't do the traditional family Christmas this year? I think that if, if you're underweight, if you've not reached weight restoration yet, if you still have really intense anxiety around eating, around social eating, around big family occasions, then the best thing for your personal recovery right now might be that you just say, hey, this year, we're just going to have Christmas at home. We're going to make it a much smaller affair. And that will be a lot easier for us. So that can be difficult with family. But think about it this way, okay? If you had just been diagnosed with cancer and you were going through treatment right now, you would not feel guilty about telling the family, hey, guys, we're not going to make it this year, would you? Okay, you would put that priority, that as recovery as priority. And you really need to put your eating disorder recovery as priority. Also think about it as an investment. If you are able to, this year, really focus on your recovery, do things that are going to help you recover the most, the fastest, and get you to weight restoration, next year's going to be easier. Next year, I bet you're going to be up for doing Christmas. So it's like an investment. If you struggle through this year, if you go to a big family Christmas this year, it just completely throws off you off your eating plan and sets you back a couple of steps. You know, like, it's going to be harder for you next year and it's going to be harder for you to continue and focus on that recovery. So I would just like you to consider, you know, just talking about, let's maybe have Christmas at home. Let's maybe just not bother with, with the big family do and all that stress and just have a nice, quiet, smaller Christmas at home. Because that can be wonderful as well. If you are a caregiver of somebody that's suffering from an eating disorder, then I want you to pay attention to this point as well. Because um, even if the person who is the sufferer knows deep down that that big old Christmas palaver this year is going to be very difficult for them, 
the chances of them actually being able to bring that up with you and be honest about that and say, I don't really want to do the big family Christmas this year, it is really low. Like they're going to feel like shit for even thinking that. And they're going to feel like, oh, I can't ruin everything for the family. So this is probably a conversation that you are going to have to bring up and you're going to have to sound it out. You're also probably going to have to be ready for them to be quite resistant and be like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to ruin everything. If, if you are a caregiver or a parent or a partner with a person with an eating disorder and you think that that person is going to, or you think that Christmas is going to be difficult for that person and could set them back in recovery this year, maybe that's a call that you have to make. Maybe you have to say, I want to stay home this year. I just want us to have a small thing this year. Um, so yeah, have a think about that. I hope that, um, this, this podcast I'm starting to plan early is, is going to be helpful. I'm, I'm going to write some more blogs leading up for Christmas and sort of more sort of getting closer to Christmas things. I do think that starting to plan further out is important. If you're following my recovery guide, if you're, um, sort of working with an eating disorder check person and you're doing family-based therapy for an adult in the home, then um, the recovery guide talks a lot about sort of planning meetings and actually treating recovery like project management and planning. You should have a planning meeting around Christmas management like this week. Uh, you need to start talking about Christmas this week and start planning for it, just planning sort of success things. It is like a work project. It's like anything in, in some senses. The more you plan about it, the more you've covered all your bases, the more you've brought up everything and talked about it, the better um, your chances of success are going to be. Um, because I'm going to be writing and talking more about Christmas this year, also fee feel free to contact me. You can tweet at me. Um, you can email me, info at tabithafra.com. And if you have questions, more specific questions about like a problem that you've experienced in the past around Christmas and how to handle that, then do reach out to me and I will answer that question. Because if you've got that question, guess what? Lots of other people probably have as well. Um... So I do, I am going to finish with a little bit of, and I, I hate doing this, it feels really weird actually, it's sort of like self-promotion, but um, yeah, awkward. But I have officially now started um, offering recovery coaching for adults in recovery. I say officially because I have been doing this for people and with people unofficially for years. But I made it official in that I put it on my website, I put a put the offering um, an actual sort of like you can purchase that through my website and then schedule a Skype session with me. Um, so yeah, that's there. That's available if you feel that you need sort of one-on-one -on -one coaching on this. I will say that I work, I, I tend to work with over 25s. So over 25 adults that are in active eating disorder recovery. Um, and I also work with parents, spouses, partners, family members of adults that are in active eating disorder recovery that are trying to help that person recover. So um, thanks for listening. And if you have any questions, do reach out for me. This is important, you know, like Christmas, it can be such a stressful time for eating disorders, the people with eating disorders, and also the families. And I know from experience that you can turn this around. You can turn Christmas into a success. I've already heard from people that followed my guide for Thanksgiving and planned around Thanksgiving and they reached out to me and said that was the best Thanksgiving that we've got through since I had my eating disorder onset. So I know that this planning works. I know that being proactive about making it a good day and not letting the eating disorder ruin it works.
So let's do this. Let's have a really great year this year.